Hey, podcast listeners, this is Charles Chandler. Well, we're almost at the end of January 2017, and uh, it was February 4th, actually, of 2016 that we started this podcast with episode number one. We're coming up, uh, I believe it would be next week on our one-year anniversary. We'd love to hear from you. Actually, we haven't had uh, too many folks that have sent us emails, but you can easily do that. Um, C. Chandler at assumptionanalysis.com. If you uh, have trouble spelling that, you can always go out to our website at ageofoe.com to uh, to find that email address, and it's all over the place out there. So this week's episode, we're going to delve back again to the archives. You guys have been uh, very patient while I get my book out, and the book is out, although it's not uh, yet on Amazon. But uh, I had a, uh, a copy of it in my hands this week, and it looks good. I think you're going to like it. Uh, today's episode actually um, forms the basis of Chapter 4 in the book, uh, although it's been you know uh, upgraded and edited and uh, massaged a bit from what you're going to hear today. But today's episode is about organizations as complex adaptive systems. It was originally aired May of 2016. It's an interesting way to look at organizations. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is a podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. This is episode 17 in our podcast series. The title today is, What Starts as a Trickle Can Become a Flood. With storm clouds overhead, I stand along a dry creek bank in Texas. As the rain starts, very soon there's a small trickle of water. It grows larger, and in time becomes a comparative flood. If I remain long enough, eventually the rain stops and the creek goes back to its original dry state within a few hours. This is an example of a complex adaptive system. No one is in charge, yet the system self-organizes through the interaction of the drops of water with the land and with the other features of the environment. One simple principle drives the system. That is, that the water runs downhill to find its own level. The system undergoes a rapid phase transition, moving quickly from its static steady state, where the creek bed is dry, to a dynamic state in which the creek is full of water. In most rainfall events, the creek bed acts to contain the water and to channel it safely downstream. But historic events can also occur in which the supply of water overtops the banks and floods wide stretches of adjoining area. The dry steady state can last for long periods, especially during drought. So long, in fact, that entire subdivisions can be built in close proximity to the creek without the authorities being fully aware of the hazard. Trickles can become floods in other contexts as well. Abidan, writing in Forbes, noted that for 40 years you couldn't walk through Grand Central Station in New York without admiring the large 18-by-60-foot Kodak photographs displaying panoramas of America. These were designed to showcase the Kodak brand to travelers that passed through the station. In those days, Kodak 
marketing executives were adept at weaving the brand into the fabric of America, and they captured 90% of the U.S. film market for generations. At the time, Kodak was one of the world's most valuable brands. But Kodak's story is ultimately one of failure, rooted in decades of success. Kodak didn't miss the digital age, rather it invented the digital camera in 1975. Instead of marketing the new technology, however, the company held back so as not to hurt its film business, which was quite lucrative at the time. Sony and Canon eventually exploited the opening and moved to absorb much of the market with digital cameras. What started as a trickle became a flood. Kodak saw its market share decline precipitously as digital imaging became dominant. In the new regime, only a small percentage of digital images were printed on Kodak film. In this example, the environment called Kodak because it did not evolve quickly enough to give customers what they wanted within the dynamic new digital reality. This is episode 17 of our podcast, and we are exploring today Organizations as Complex Adaptive Systems, or CAS. It's a valuable perspective for examining organizational performance because it reveals hidden patterns that are present beneath the surface. In the past, such patterns did not lend themselves to study due to a lack of tools to examine what was going on. In the CAS perspective, organizations are seen as complex systems made up of individuals that may act on their own. These individuals are called agents and might typically include an organization's management, employees, and suppliers. In such a system, order emerges from below because of the interaction of the agents with each other and produces such things as a culture, a set of underlying principles, and a general sense of how we do things around here. In the natural world, complex adaptive systems can be seen in flocks of birds, schools of fish, and colonies of ants among many others. Within a flock of birds, individual birds synchronize their states in the flock based on simple local rules. No single individual controls the system, but order emerges from the interaction of the agents with each other. In a school of fish, agents interact in a nonlinear fashion and synchronize their movements by rapidly changing direction in surprising patterns. In ant colonies, individual ants self-differentiate to conduct different tasks, although no one is in charge, including the queen. While there is no agreed definition of a complex system, emergence occurs when complex systems function as an integrated whole, allowing consistent patterns to emerge from below. Organizations are often thought of as fairly conventional entities that are focused on specific goals and organized somewhat like a factory to achieve them. When the organization is threatened, it is anticipated that staff will react with one accord to counter the threat. But this model does not work reliably, especially when the environment in which the organization lives is changing rapidly. In these cases, it's useful to think of an organization as a complex adaptive system, where the parts of the system are not assumed to act in unison, but may act separately. During periods of rapid phase transition, Individuals and social groupings within the organization can enter a state of turmoil. Complex adaptive systems 
react in unpredictable ways at these times. When the system is far from equilibrium, individual employees may adapt to the new reality by either cooperating to fix the problems or, alternatively, display a non-cooperative or competitive attitude by rejecting the storyline that management offers. During transition periods, so-called attractor regimes can emerge. For example, when confronted with a zero-sum game, such as the outsourcing of jobs overseas, employees seldom cooperate. On the other hand, the positive-sum gain presented by the expansion of a firm into a new segment of the market readily gains employee acceptance. The complexity theory of organizations rejects the metaphor of organizations as well-oiled machines made up of replaceable parts. Instead, an organization's collection of agents has been brought together for a specific purpose where they exhibit aspects of self-organization, emergence, and interdependency. Over time, the organization generally attempts to retain agents based on their individual contributions to the whole. Exemplary individuals are promoted, while those that seem to be a poor fit are encouraged to go elsewhere. While these can be thought of as common HR processes, it is important that a climate of fairness and goodwill be maintained throughout in order to avoid adverse behavior by those affected. On the macro level, organizations are integral parts of their environment, where they act as agents themselves on a larger stage and where they interact with customers and other organizations that frequent the same space. Within the environment in which organizations live, evolutionary processes of selection and retention continuously act on them. Organizations survive and thrive based on the strength of benefit exchanges with their environment. When environments are far from equilibrium and undergoing rapid change, evolutionary processes act strongly to encourage them to adjust their offerings in order to remain relevant to the changing needs of the demand-side actors in the environment. In these situations, it may be important for organizations to have a variety of offerings in the pipeline, ready for deployment to meet these emerging needs. In a real sense, the environment is selecting organizations for retention based upon their effectiveness. A good example of this phenomenon is Qualcomm. In May 2016, Qualcomm's CEO, Stephen Mullenkoff described the dynamic nature of the tech environment to the street. What people kind of forget in the tech industry is that you are in a battle of life and death, basically. You either win technology transitions or you don't live to tell the tale because things move so quickly. We've had to pivot the company so many times either to a different end market or to a different core competency, and the rate we have had to do that would surprise people. It could be every five years that we really have to make sure that we hit the next transition very, very well. Some scholars distinguish an organization as a complex evolving system rather than an adaptive system because its human agents have the capacity to learn and evolve with each change. This allows an organization to better influence its environment, predict likely future changes, and prepare for them. There's a tension between the two extreme states that organizations face, homostasis and chaos. Homostasis can be represented by an old-style bureaucratic organization in equilibrium, where the goal is predictability and stability. Chaos is the opposite state, where an organization is operating far from equilibrium, 
and is in a state of turmoil, typically brought on by a catastrophic event. Neither of these extremes is conducive to good performance. Between the two extremes, but just short of the onset of chaos, organizations can find their mojo. Here, random events in the environment can be amplified by feedback loops and become important new paths toward the future. The CAS perspective lends itself to the study of organizational performance. For instance, as mentioned in episode 15, the use of the gold model for organizational effectiveness and today's computer-based scorecards, dashboards, and indicator monitoring systems that many organizations have adopted to implement the gold model encourage competition among individuals and groups within an organization rather than cooperation. The CAS perspective predicts that the phenomenon of competition would be a common emergent phenomenon under the goal model, and that it is unlikely to be good for the performance of the organization as a whole. Another instance relative to the CAS perspective was episode 10 of this podcast series. There we explored efficiencyism, which was a belief in the tenets of efficiency without questioning its assumptions and consequences in specific circumstances. As was explained at that time, efficiencyism often holds organizations back from realizing their true potential for three reasons. Number one, systems theory tells us that an efficiency improvement in one part of an organization does not necessarily provide an improvement in the performance of the organization as a whole. Number two, elevating efficiency to a sacred value to be pursued at all costs often leads to counterproductive actions at the first sign of financial trouble, such as layoffs, downsizing, and general efforts to do more with less. And finally, number three, efficiencyism seldom works because organizations are complex human systems that can react in unpredictable ways when disturbed. Episode 10 found that organizational dysfunction appeared to be a common emergent phenomenon under efficiencyism, as illustrated by the many examples provided in that episode. What we've done today is to look at organizations as complex adaptive systems. The CAS perspective provides interesting tools to look under the hood of organizations and explain what is really going on. I hope that you've enjoyed this somewhat different view of the world. The CAS perspective deals with what has been called the interesting in-between. Far from equilibrium, but just short of chaos. Here what starts as a trickle can become a flood. Join me again next week when I will explore more stories about organizations and their performance. I'm Charles Chandler. So long for now.